I've seen pictures, but just it's, it's better to see it in person. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done for you all in the church, and uh, the church is growing, and it's, it's such a blessing to hear what's happening here. It has been a long time since I've had the opportunity to preach a Christmas message, uh, and I thank uh, my brother for asking me to teach Sunday school this morning. However, I'm not going to preach a Christmas message, so... <laughs> Okay, that was a joke, sorry. Romans chapter 8, if you would. Romans chapter 8. Truly, without the Christmas story, we would not have really anything in the Word of God. There would be nothing to teach because we would have no Savior. We would have no one that we could pattern our life after. We would have no one that could lead us in the way that we ought to go. And so the Christmas story is one of very many Stories that are necessary in our Christian life. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a very familiar verse, says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I want just to focus on that last part there, his purpose. We all have a desire of what we want to do with our life. Maybe as we were younger, we had dreams of being a fireman or a policeman or an astronaut or some of those things, maybe a race car driver or cowboy, just whatever those desires were that we had growing up. God created each of us with desires in our heart, but God also created every one of us with a purpose. Not our purpose, his purpose. If you look in Romans chapter 9, Verse 17, we see God's purpose for the life of Pharaoh. Romans chapter 9, verse 17 says, For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. I think most of you would know the story of Pharaoh uh, and what he did and what he did not do and uh, how all the plagues came in, in, on, on Egypt. But it says here that God's purpose for Pharaoh was to show his glory. Now, do you think God's will was for him to reject letting Israel go and all the plagues come on him? Was that God's will for his life? When God created Pharaoh, God created Pharaoh to be raised up to give God glory. Now, imagine if Pharaoh had done what God wanted. Still, he would have shown God all the glory by letting those people go. Imagine that side of the story. And that, I believe, is what God had for Pharaoh. That was God's will. Are we together? The problem is Pharaoh did not choose that. But yet, God's purpose was for him to get the glory. And even though Pharaoh chose the wrong way, God still got the glory. Uh, you've heard it before. There's the easy way or there's the hard way. God's purpose for every one of us is that he get the glory. Now, we can do it the easy way or we can do it the hard way. Amen. Amen. What purpose do you have in life? Maybe get a job, get married, have a nice car, travel, retire, enjoy the grandkids. Those are not bad things. 
Those are not bad things at all. But what is God's purpose in those things? How does God want to use your life? Because every one of us has a purpose. We're not just a random person on this earth and we just grow up and live our life the way we want. God has a reason for every person in here today. Amen. We're not just some random choice and and here we are in life and this is what was dealt to us. No, God has a purpose for every one of us. Are you just floating by? Uh, Whatever comes along, comes along. Just wherever the road takes me. Surely there's more to life than that. God created you for something specific. Look in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Paul says, who has saved us. Well, let's go back to verse 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. God has a purpose for every person. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the assistant pastor. It's not just the missionaries. Well, God called them. So they have a purpose in life. That's true. But God has a purpose for every person. Every one of you, God raised you up for a purpose. If you go to chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10, we can see that Paul's purpose in life, his was known. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. Paul says to Timothy, you knew my purpose. You knew what my purpose was. What was Paul's purpose? Well, I think he, I'm sure there were many, but I think he gives us three purposes in the last three verses of this chapter. Verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I think Paul wanted people to know the scriptures for the first reason, salvation. From a child you've known the holy scriptures and it's because of the holy scriptures that you can get saved because you know what God says. Paul wanted everybody to know the scriptures for number one, salvation. Once they get saved, then they can go to the second part, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. A simple way to to know those four things is what's right, what's not right, how to get right, how to stay right. That means we have to be different from the world. We're to be separate from the world. We can't be separate until we're saved. So the first purpose that Paul wanted people to know the scriptures was so they can be saved, number one. Then number two, so they could be separate from the world. That's what's right. There's a reason. The scripture says this is right. The scripture says this is not right. 
The world does whatever they want. They don't care whether it's right or not. The scriptures are there so that we know what is right, so that we know what is not right. Okay, we mess up, we fall, so we know how to get right, and then we can stay right. And it comes through the scriptures, the preserved word of God. We have it today. Praise the Lord for that. So first of all, salvation, and then separation, and then comes number three, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There's service. But sometimes we get the order switched around. We want to serve before we, are, before we become the person God wants us to be. Paul says, this, this is the reason. This is my purpose, so that people will know the scriptures, so that they can be saved so that they become separate from the world, and so they can serve. And really, when you look at this, this all comes from the scriptures. It's all we need. We don't need any revelations anymore. We don't need dreams. You see there that the man of God may be perfect. Now, when the King James was translated in 1611, the word perfect did not mean what we come to know as the meaning today. The word perfect back in 1611 meant complete. It meant sound. So, the word of God is all we need to become sound. We don't need dreams. We don't need revelations. We don't need all this other stuff. We have everything we need for salvation, for separation, and for service. Paul says, this was my purpose, to tell people these things. Now, what is the, he says, the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What are those good works? I think we can Boil it all down to the fact that every Christian has the responsibility to fulfill the Great Commission. Amen. Again, it's not just the pastor. It's not just the associate pastor. It's not just the missionaries. It is every Christian who has that responsibility. Well, what is the Great Commission? It is going out and giving the gospel to people. Amen. Amen whether it's in church, whether it's in Sunday school, whether it's out on the road, whether it's in the farm, in the store, your neighbors, giving the gospel out in some way. And then when they get saved, you bring them in so they can be baptized. And then you teach them. I'm so thankful for the discipleship ministry that's going on here at the church. It would amaze you how many churches, independent Baptist churches around America, have no discipleship program. And when you, it's like when you walk into the church, you can tell this church is dying. There's just, there's nothing going on. They, yeah, they come for services, and that's it. There's no, there's no I, I, I love our discipleship program in Uganda. It is the life of our church. It is so exciting. And I'm so thankful for what's being done right here. Are you involved in that? Maybe you're being taught. Wonderful. Don't stop there. Get to the point where you can take what you've learned and teach someone else. That is a very general plan or, or purpose for every Christian. Every Christian ought to be involved, whether you're old or young. Every one of us. You find God's specific will for your life as you do what you already know to do. If you're not doing the basic that God has called you to do right now. God's not going to call you for something specific. You do what you know to do now, and God will direct you, and he'll give you that specific will. 
that specific purpose that he has for you. Maybe it's to pastor. Maybe it's to be a missionary. Who knows what? Maybe it's to start a ministry. There's so many opportunities that you can have ministries in the church and out of the church reaching people with the gospel. And maybe God has a specific ministry just for you. But until you, first of all, you have to be saved, obviously. Number two, you have to be the person God wants you to be. So then you can do what he wants you to do. If you're using your life, the life that God has given you for your own purpose, it won't work. It won't work. We try to do things in our own way, but many times it doesn't work. Can you imagine if you're watching a race, a 100-yard dash, and, and these guys, they've got the shoes and the, the outfit. I mean, everything is so streamlined. But can you imagine if you see one of those guys wearing cowboy boots? Now, I've seen some cowboys run pretty fast in boots. But I don't think they would win a 100-yard dash with boots. Why? Because boots were not designed for running a race. What were boots designed for? Cowboy boots. What are they designed for? What are they designed for? Riding horses. That's why they've got that big arch so they can sit right there in the stirrup, right? Are we together? I know this is Christmas Eve, but are you, are you with me? That's what they're designed for. They weren't designed for running a race. American roads, you can have sports cars. These cars that are really low to the ground, the tires are wide but pretty much bald. Try to take one of those up the mountains. They're not designed for it. You need a land cruiser that's high up off the ground, that's got these big old tires that's going to grip, and that will get you up the mountain. Why? Because it was designed to go up the mountain. A sports car was not designed to go up the mountain. Oh, it's designed on these smooth roads and you can fly fast. I remember we used to have a game around Christmas time. It was uh, like a uh, couple's game. And what you would have to do is you would, the game was you had to see which couple, you have two or three couples, and you would see which couple could wrap the present the fastest. Now, that seems easy because, you know, you've got fingers and you've got tape and everything, but then we made you put mittens on. You know, mittens don't have the fingers. You know how hard it is to wrap presents when you have mittens on? You know, mittens weren't designed for doing that. All right? So my point is, our lives, God has designed it for a specific purpose. Now, if we're using our life for that purpose, it works. If we're using it for our own desire, we wonder why we have problems. We wonder why things aren't going very well. In Uganda, there is a big problem with fornication because of the dowry and because of sin in mankind. And, and, and so when these guys and these couples get saved and we tell them, look, you need to separate. Oh, pastor, that is hard. That is hard. How, that's going to cost money. How, how are we going to do that? Well, Price of sin is high. I'm sure you've heard that before. If you had done it the right way, it would have worked. But when you don't do it God's way, it doesn't work. And more problems come. Uh, I've never had a new vehicle before last term. And so whenever I would get in a vehicle, there was never a manual. 
whoever owned it the first time or the second time or third time threw the manual away. And so when I got the vehicle, there was no manual. And so many times I had questions. What is this light? What does that mean? What does this button do? And I never could figure those things out. Well, when the God provided us that Land Cruiser in 20, 2019, there was a manual. And I know this sounds strange, but I read that manual. I wanted to make sure that what I did with that vehicle was the right thing to do. And I learned a lot of things reading that manual. I learned what that vehicle could do, and I learned what it could not do. And I'm telling you, when, when we have, we got 10 people in that Land Cruiser, it's loaded inside, we got supplies on the top, and we're going up the mountain, and it's in four-wheel drive, and you're thinking, all right, here we go. And now you can't get a run and start, because there's so many boulders, and you just have to crawl. And you got it in four wheel and you hit that thing and, and it stops. And you think, wow, what happened? But you know what I read about four wheel drive in this particular Toyota Land Cruiser? There's something called four wheel low. Okay, some of you have trucks, you might know this. Well, I tried to go on four wheel high just because that was normal four wheel and I could not get up those boulders. I put that thing in four wheel low, I didn't even have to press the accelerator. When I let off the clutch, it pulled everything up the mountain. It was incredible. I couldn't believe it. I said, this is truly what this Land Cruiser was made for. It's not made to run on these nice, smooth roads. I see people driving these nice four-wheel drive vehicles here in America, and I think, you're driving on the highway. Why? That's not what it's designed for. You need to be up in the mountains. You need to be on the dirt trails. That's what it's designed for. Now, here's the point. God designed each one of us for a purpose. If we're not following his purpose, it doesn't work. Remember, God created you for a specific purpose and plan. When you fulfill his plan, it works. It doesn't mean there's no problems. Oh, yeah, there's problems. Things come up. But it works. It goes the way it's intended to go. How is it that the Toyota people can write a manual about their vehicle? The reason they can write it is because they designed the vehicle and they know how it works. They know what is best to do with that vehicle. And they know what will destroy the vehicle. So they tell you in the manual, do this and you'll be okay. Do this and you're going to be in trouble. Now, do you think if I disregard the manual... And I just say, no, I've been driving a long time. I know how to drive this vehicle. And I mess things up. And then I take it back to Toyota. And I say, there's a problem. You need to fix it. And they'll say, well, we gave you a manual. Did you read it? Well, yeah, I did, but I knew better. You think they're going to fix it? They're going to say, sorry, you're on your own. We gave you the manual. It told you exactly what to do with it. We're not going to fix it. You're on your own. Now, in some way, isn't this the manual that God gave us? You, you come to pastor. Oh, pastor, I have this problem. I need you to fix it. Have you been reading your Bible? Well, I'm kind of busy. Have you been in church? Well, you know, you just don't have a lot of time. But yet you want him to fix your problem? When the manual was here all the time? And you chose to disregard the manual? If we follow God's purpose, if we follow his plan, it works. 
It works. Without it, there's an emptiness, there's an unfulfillment, there's confusion. Look at Ecclesiastes and you'll see what Solomon did. Solomon writes about how life is meaningless without God. No matter if you have everything, all the money, all the women, all the pleasures, all the things, everything. But without God, it's all vanity. It's empty. Look at what God gave Solomon. But yet Solomon didn't use what God gave him for God's purpose. What has God given you? Talents? Abilities? Treasures? The time that he's given you? Are you using it for his purpose? Are you using it for the reason he gave it to you in the first place? Or is it just for your own purpose, for your own will, that you're going to do what you want to do? Remember what happened to Solomon. Because he didn't use what God gave him for God's purpose, what's the end of his life? It says his wives turned his heart away from God. The very God who gave him everything, he turned his heart away from him. God has given you what you need to fulfill his plan for your life. God has given you what you need to fulfill his plan for your life. If you don't use it for his plan, he might take it away and give it to someone who will use it. You remember the story of the three men with the talents in Luke chapter 19. He gave one man five talents. He gave another one two talents. And he gave the third one one talent. Not that anyone was better, but those were the talents that they could handle. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different purpose from God. The one who had the five talents went and gained five. Now he has ten. One who had two gained two. Now, do you think the Lord criticized the one who had two because he didn't get five? No. Well done, he said. You had two, you gained two. That's the purpose I had for you. Then he comes to the one who had one. Do you, do you think the Lord was expecting that one with one talent to get five? Do you think he was expecting him to get two? Do you think he was expecting him to get one? If he had said, Lord, your one talent has gained one talent, do you think the Lord would have said, well done? Sure, because that was his purpose for that one. Now, he didn't do anything with it. What the Lord gave him, he did nothing with it. He came up with his own purpose, his own desire, and he did nothing with what the Lord had given him to use. Now, what's the end of the story? The Lord says, take the one that he has and give it to the one who has 10. Why? Because he knew the one with 10 would do something with it. Whatever God has given you to fulfill his purpose in your life, what are you doing with it? Everybody's different. Not everybody's going to be a pastor. Not everybody's going to be a missionary or an associate. But God has a purpose specific for each one of you. And how God has equipped you for that purpose, what are you doing with it? 
You find God's will for your life and you'll find contentment. You'll find satisfaction. When the Lord led us to go to Kasese, I did not want to go. We were praying. We were leaving Embarada. We knew we were going to go to another place, but we didn't know exactly where it was. So there were three towns on the western border with, uh, with Uganda. There was Kabale in the south. There was Kasese kind of in the middle, and then Fort Portal in the north. So we took trips there, kind of survey trips, and we prayed about where the Lord would have us to go. My first choice was Kabale. In Kabale, they speak the same language as they do in Mbarara. So we had translated the four-year Bible college. We had translated discipleship material, tracts, all kinds of stuff we had in the language. So my desire was to take all that we had done, go to Kabale, and we could start right away. Besides, I like the weather, too. It was very cool there. It was in the, kind of in the mountains. It was very nice. So that was my choice, number one. Number two was Fort Portal. The language was not quite the same, but it was similar, and so we could at least use the material to get started. Uh, it was a beautiful city, and so that was my second choice. I didn't really have a third choice, but we visited Kasese. It was hot, very hot, and it was a completely different language. I said, nope, that's not where I want to go. I want to go to Kabbalah. And so the Lord and I had a discussion. I said, Lord, we can take all this material that we have translated. We can take all this stuff and we can go right to Kabbalah and we can get started. Now, I know the Lord does not speak audibly, but it was as if the Lord said to me, I can send anybody to Kabbalah. Who's going to go to Kasese? Okay. I'll go. It was not my choice. But the moment I said, okay, Lord, I'll go, the Lord has given us complete contentment, complete satisfaction. God has done a great work there. When we first went to the district of Kasese, there was one church. Ten years later, there's now seven churches. The Lord is doing a great work there. And I don't want to, do, do you want to go to Kabbalah now? Nope. I am content in Kasese. I wouldn't go anywhere unless the Lord called me. <laughs> it may not be what you think God has for you, but I can tell you, when you do God's will, you're content. Living in Uganda, you're content. Uh, you don't have all the restaurants in, in Uganda. You don't have the nice roads. You don't have all the air-conditioned buildings and all that. You're right, we don't. We have to go six hours if we want KFC. Yeah, isn't that terrible? Now, how many of you eat KFC here? Nobody. Okay. Well, actually, we don't eat KFC here either. But you know what? In Uganda, we do. And we like it. <laughs> but it's six hours away. Oh, Poor missionary. You want to go to the dentist? Six hours. Unless you want something that will pull it without any kind of medicine. No thank you. You want to have some kind of shops that are bigger than the bathroom? Six hours away. Oh, you poor missionary. Oh, you're suffering for Jesus. It's terrible. We're content. We are totally content. We come here to America and think... This is too many choices. We go to the store. Okay, that's the only one there is. That's the one. Let's do it. 
We're okay. I mean, yes, it's nice to come back and enjoy the things here, but we don't have to have them. We are totally content and satisfied. Why? Because that's God's purpose for us. And I wouldn't trade it. I would not trade it. Psalms chapter 37 says, trust in the Lord. Verse number three, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Do you mean to say that you had a desire for Kosese? I did, I just didn't know it. <laughs> Till the Lord revealed it. That was truly my heart's desire. Was it Kosese? No, it was doing God's will. And if that meant going to Kosese, so be it. And I'm okay with it. I am perfectly okay with it. Why? Because I know, without a doubt, that is God's purpose for our life. Is everything perfect there? Absolutely not. We have problems, we have difficulties, we have troubles, just like anywhere else. But none of those things are going to stop us because we know that is where God wants us. That is God's purpose for our life at this time. Now, can God move us? Sure he can. We were in Membarada for 15 years. Now we've been in Kasese for 10. I don't know how much longer we'll be in Kasese. There's other towns where there is no church. Maybe the Lord will move us to another place. But I'm content where I'm at right now because I know that's God's purpose. You might say, I don't know God's specific will yet. That's all right. You do what you know is right now. You be faithful to God's house. You be faithful reading your Bible. You be faithful to your pastor. And God will direct you exactly where he wants you to go if you truly desire to fulfill his purpose. First of all, salvation is very important. Secondly is separation. Third is service. When you become the person God wants you to be, he'll show you where he wants you to go. He'll show you what he wants you to do. We could use some volunteers in Uganda. We need help over there. Amen. If it be God's will, if not, we don't want you over there. <laughs> but if it be God's will, we'll take you because we know God's will will be done. Do what you know is right, right now. And God will direct you into his perfect purpose for your life. We know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to speak this morning. I pray that you'd help each one of us to search our heart and ask the Lord, Lord, what is your will for my life? Lord, if they don't know that they would right now just be faithful in doing what they know is right, and then you'll show them exactly what you want them to do and may they do it because then their life will work then their life will have purpose it will have meaning and satisfaction thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning bless the service to follow i pray in the name of jesus christ amen amen uh we'll have a short break and then we'll come back for our, our morning service all right god bless you